And I can tell you, when people come to our office and they're diagnosed with stage four cancer, first of all, there's no word that evokes more fear Definitely. than that word. Definitely. And conventional medicine doesn't do a good job of helping to counter that with hope. And so what happens is I think a lot of patients with cancer, they they can't get even beyond or, or past that first yeah. step. Mm-hmm. Believe it. How did she, did she, in her story, in your book, do you touch on how she overcame just that component of believe we it? We don't talk specifically about that, but you bring up a very good point, Nathan, that I didn't mention earlier, which is what are the some of the things that stall you? Hmm. And probably the number one thing is fear. Oh, yeah. So whether it's fear because you have cancer or it's fear because wow, I can't jump into that. I've never done that before. I, uh, so many other things will happen if I do that, et cetera, et cetera. So fear is a huge one. But believing it means, and in your case, based on the question you're asking me, if I had cancer today, and some of your patients are listening who do, and others may, it's this notion that I believe I can get through this and I can heal this body, Right. period. And that belief kind of, transforms everything else, right? It just kind of coats it over everything else that you're going to go through is that I really believe that I will heal. So your goal in your head is over here, right? You're visualizing the healing. That's what you're looking at. As you believe that you can heal, you're visualizing yourself whole. Welcome to the Practicing with Dr. Nathan Goodyear podcast. This podcast is your resource for a scientific-based discussion of all things cancer and beyond from a natural, holistic, and integrative perspective. It's time to teach the body how to heal. So here we go. Welcome to another Practicing with Dr. Nathan Goodyear podcast. Of course, I'm Dr. Nathan Goodyear. Remember, our goal here is to create critical thinkers, not group thinkers, break through that controlled thinking mindset that dominates in our culture today and stimulate independent thinking. To meet this goal, I want to take a different approach to some of our podcasts and bring in a guest that actually has a non-cancer, non-medical perspective. Again, break the mold, think outside the box, and help us to move beyond that controlled thinking and actually critically think and become independent thinkers for ourselves. So today, I'm excited to introduce you, actually, my friend and my coach, Deborah Boblet. Deborah, it's nice to meet you. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thank you. Yeah, so let me read just a little bit of her her promo because she comes with a, a, a lot of cred here. So she's an author and coach. Again, she's my speaking coach, and she's phenomenal, more than speaking <laughs> coach. You just helped me to put the ideas together. But she spent decades as an executive with a Fortune 50 financial services company, not 500, but 50 pursuing her personal mission to develop and empower leaders. Since retiring from that career, she has focused her talents on multiplying the impact of lessons she has learned and lived by and helping people like me. So, Deborah, welcome. Thank you so much. Yeah, so, um, and you and I have a little bit of a history. You know, my wife and I just love your husband, and you guys just bring a light to everybody you meet. So just, you know, hats off to to you and your husband. And, and you. how's his, how are his cars doing? His cars are doing very well because they are his children. You yeah, that's so right. They're always doing well. That's right. That's right. So he, he has all these fancy cars and he's, he's just great. If you ever meet her husband, just ask him about his cars because he's probably wearing a car shirt. Oh, definitely. You actually don't want to ask him about the cars because you'll be there a couple hours. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
So, yeah, but but it's great. He's got great stories, um, just like you do. And that's where I'd really like to start off with is because this book, and that's really why I wanted you here, is first your experience, but I think the book, Bold Mission, Courageously Pursuing or Pursue Your Calling. I think this speaks to everybody, but in what I do with people with cancer and our listeners that may have cancer or just other diseases, I think you know, they don't recognize that their bold mission is to heal. Mm -hmm. And so this is about to launch. And I thought that this is perfect for our listeners. But your story, your journey in life has really, I think, put together all the pieces of what allowed you to write this, not by coincidence, by pure divine providence. Mm -hmm, Definitely. But tell our listeners, you know, what's your what's your journey been like that's brought you to this you know moment? Thank you. Uh, Yes, I started out in education and realized after my third year in education that it was not the right fit for me. And so I got a call one day from someone who said, uh, we have an organ, we have a business that we'd like you to take a look at. It's a business opportunity. Uh, And so I did. And I immediately was very intrigued by it. And it was to own my own business. And so I did that. I jumped in and swam in a completely different, as you can imagine, industry, uh, and definitely not part of my background. So I jumped into a financial services and insurance business and owned my own business for four years. And then they came knocking on my door and said, we want you to come into management position with us. By then, I was already speaking all over the country, talking about how do you run a business successfully, uh, with every detail included. So I said no at first because I loved owning my own business and the freedom that provides. Then they came back again. And then the third time I said, you know what, maybe I better take a look at this. And so I had to evaluate what do I love most about what I do? Is it about managing the business and helping others manage theirs? Or is it building my own? And by then I was in the top 100 in the country out of 18,000 agents. Uh, but I realized what I loved the most was helping other people build theirs. Mm. And so I made the decision, jumped in, and then from there, I was promoted many times through the ranks um, and ultimately ended as an executive for the company running one-sixth of the country Wow! for the company. And so loved it. I had about 3,000 people reporting to me, about, uh, I think I had at the time about 11 or 12 vice presidents, all of us responsible for that part of the country, right? and kind of increasing sales, et cetera. But the thing I loved the most, which I realized over and over again, Nathan, was that I loved working with people and helping them grow in every way, both personally and professionally. So in 2016, I officially retired from that executive position. And then I realized after about the first year, wow, as I was talking with people, I think there's an opportunity here to really help coach their businesses, whatever that business was. And I really do believe that leadership transcends industries. So if you're a good leader and you understand people and you love people, you're able to transcend many different industries. And so that's how we met. We met Mm -hmm. also at church, but we we also worked together uh, where you were doing huge presentations all over the country. And you asked me to assist you with, and we'll get that. back together. Yes. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> and I hope so. Yes, it get was the team really back fun. Together, yeah. It was oh, yeah. so much fun. Yeah, yeah. But so, and then I also coach business. Excuse me, I also coach people around whatever business they're in, particularly around leadership. And so, those that have some areas that they need to develop to move forward to be a more successful leader, 
that's what I do as well. And then I speak. I've been involved in many organizations. One is the International Women's Forum. I was a fellow for them for one year where we traveled all over the country, excuse me, all over the world rather. Um, and we were trained in, in England and then we went to Harvard for a week, et cetera. Wow. Um, and then when I retired, I was also asked to speak in Sweden for a launch of an organization there. I was asked to speak in Hong Kong. And so I did that for a three-day conference. And then I was asked to speak in Texas at another conference. And so I do a lot of speaking as well around leadership. And if anybody was interested, my website is www.deborahboblet.com, where you can kind of take plug. a look at what we do. Do yeah, you like that plug? plug. <laughs> that's, that's great. That's great. You've done this before, right? Yes, yeah. a little bit. <laughs> but yeah, so that's kind of where we are today. And then I realized that, you know, all those collective and cumulative experiences brought me to where I am today. And it's extremely fulfilling. And then that led me to writing this book, which basically takes all of that and puts it into one format. Yeah, you know, and I was sitting here looking over your press release and just what I know about you last night, and you wouldn't be able to be where you are today teaching people how to lead if you hadn't learned some lessons mm -hmm. and done it yourself. But what's interesting about that from a, and I just love this. I mean, it's like a, it's like a movie, okay? From school teacher, taking care of people, to owning your own business, taking care of people, mm -hmm. to becoming an executive and taking care of people, to then, you know, leadership training, taking care of people, now teaching others to take care of people. So, as you mentioned, relationships and people are one of those central themes throughout each almost journey. Each time you took on a new career, a new challenge, you were stepping up. But yet each one, you couldn't achieve it without the one prior. Absolutely. Only it's a in stepping retrospect. Stone too. Yeah, only yes. in retrospect can you look back yeah. on that and go, that yeah. is amazing. That's why I think your journey is just incredible. And yet it and it's how this book is possible. Mm -hmm. So I, I just think that's incredible. Um, you know, so for me, it's how does this apply in real life? So I wanted to really talk about um, your book here because, the, the you know, you've given me permission to use this in talks. Mm -hmm. And I know when I've mentioned this, I've had many people say, when's this book coming out? And I would always say, well, I think February. So um, here we are, 2023, by the way. So is it still February? It is still February. Okay, still February. Yes, first week of February. And we're recording this in the first part of January. And it's called Bold Mission, Courageously Pursue Your Calling. Do you think that you could have written this book without your journey to this point? Do you think it's possible? No, I really don't. Because I needed all of those experiences to get me to where I am today. It's kind of interesting, too, because you're exactly right. As I was moving from position to position while I was in the, in the company, every time I got to the new role, it was extremely challenging, right? Because it was something I had not done before. And there were no manuals. It wasn't like read number one through ten and that's how you do it. It was swim, right? jump in and swim. sink or swim sink yeah. or swim exactly and and you know i was thinking i might be sinking on this one but really truly um the the point i'm making here is it's so true once i got into that role i said oh now i know why i experienced x in the other position because it really prepares me for this and that kept happening every single time 
uh, until I was at the highest position you could be. And I realized that those cumulative experiences, particularly around people, mm. definitely around the business, but I've also coached people about this in, in a leadership capacity often, which is this. You're smart enough to get the job done or you wouldn't be at that level. It's not about how smart you are. It's about how well you communicate and how well you work with people and develop relationships. That's how you win people over around any concept, idea, et cetera, is how well do you communicate? And so it's really about that. And that's why it makes sense also, I think, to have put this in the form of a book at this point, is to communicate that. Yeah, because you, again, in your press release, and I know in the book you're going to touch on this, you talk about how struggles are actually keys to achieving success. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But yet what often happens to people is when they encounter struggles, when they encounter obstacles, they, they, they basically just break. Mm -hmm. They run away. Yeah. They don't embrace the challenges and they don't then be able, they're not able to meet that bold mission. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for me, as it ties to cancer, we'll get to that in just a little bit. But I, I love that where you talked about, you know, the struggles. Because dealing with people, mm -hmm. it's a struggle. It is a struggle. <laughs> it is. People are people. That's and right. we all have our own issues. Oh, yes, So we it's do. always a struggle. It's always a challenge. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But how we, how we embrace those or don't, mm -hmm. it really dictates whether we succeed at that next level, right? Definitely. Because I could imagine going from a school teacher to what? What grade were you a teacher, by the way? Junior high school. Oh wow! The, ooh, ooh. Mm -hmm. yeah. There's school Very teaching, challenging and then there's that. Yes, exactly. Oh, yeah. I've had teenage kids, and it's like, oh my goodness, whoever's teaching yeah, them, jump in there, yeah. right? God bless them. Mm -hmm. But then mm -hmm. taking that to running your own business, I mean that that is that that that's just quite the jump. And I think that you know, from my perspective, just going from you know doctor to to writer to to speaker and those kind of things, I think that's small. I think what you've done there is just just absolutely amazing. So I don't believe in coincidences. I don't believe that we met in coincidence. I don't believe anything of that. I believe that there's timing to everything. So why do you think your book right now, why, why right now in the history of everything, why do you think you needed to write this book? You know, it's a great question because initially when I retired in 2016, people were saying to me then, you need to write a book. You need to write a book because they already knew of some of the experiences, et cetera. And I said, no, who needs one more book on leadership, for example, right? Mm. And why is what I'm going to say going to be helpful to anybody? Really? So I went a couple of years without doing that. And then I was watching a podcast, by the way, for coaches because I'd already started my coaching business. And one of the things they said was, you really need to write a book because that lends such credibility and tells your story to those who you coach, right? So right. that they can read that. So it just struck me for the first time. And I'd heard it for years, but it struck me right there and then to say, you know what? This is what you need to do. Then as I began writing it and thinking about what I really had to say and taking a look at the world around us, to me, the most important thing right now across every single thing you do, from your life situations, right, to any kind of industry, any kind of business you're running, it doesn't matter, we need bold leaders, people who are willing to talk about what they believe and why. Yeah. So in the whole history, it couldn't be more timely. 
That's exactly because right. Because I think what we're lacking today in so many arenas, mm-hmm. and again, just take it, take the pick. And so many people want to focus on business, but I think it's important to recognize it's not just business we're talking about here. And that's the reason why I have you, because I think it personally ties in Mm -hmm. to people with cancer or other chronic diseases of aging. Their bold mission is to heal. And so this book, I think, is going to be incredibly timely because it's going to lift up through your experience and your expertise and really help people, I think, not just cast that vision, right? They've got to get that vision, the bold vision, but then there has to be a framework to help them to achieve that mission. Absolutely. How, how many times do you think people get a vision for their bold, you know, what they do in life, and it never gets to that mission, that action? How often do you think that happens? I think that's the majority. Okay. I really do. I'd say 80, 90% at least, people wow. who have a dream or an idea, but they get stuck along the way. And that's what this book is really about, is how do you get beyond being stuck? So I know what I feel like I am meant to do, what my gifts are, what my passion is, what my calling is. But wow, finances get in the way, right? Or you know, issues of life get in the way, or whatever, it could be time. Um, resources, all of those things, and I talk about that in the book, all of those get in the way. But the bottom line is, how much do you believe that this is what God called you to do? And that's what I really think the bottom line about all that is. And it again, it could be just life situations. It could be technically a career opportunity. But what do you believe God gave you the talents to do? And, you know, I think that's really important because that vision, we... We can, I think everybody gets a vision of what their life is meant to, and I think everybody has a bold mission in and sh- life. And should. Yeah, actually. I think everybody's called to a bold right. mission. I don't think it's just a few. I think no. it's everybody. Yeah. So, is would you describe your book as a life experience helping to describe and create frameworks? for that vision to become a reality into a mission in action. Yes, and so in the book, that's what we talk about. So bold, Mm -hmm. and we selected, I selected that word on purpose. It's actually got several different connotations. Oh, I'd love to hear, I'm a word person. So So you know me, I love words. So So, so bold means what we all know, right? Oh, Mm -hmm. wow, bold, you're strong, you're ready to go, you're gonna plow through. But what I did was I took that word and then used each letter to get to exactly what you're talking about. So so how do you do that? How do you start with a vision and then actually get that particular that particular vision, whatever it is, into action? So it starts with believing. So B is you have to believe it here. You really have to believe that this is what God called you to do, right? That takes you to the next step, which is now I'm owning it. I'm not just saying, Hmm, I believe this is what I was called to do, but now I'm going to actually own it. And then the the next letter, L, is now how do you take that mission and what you believe you've been called to do and you live it? How do you show that and demonstrate that and live it? And then the last on the D is once you're there, how do you duplicate that? How do you help others do that same thing with their mission? Yeah, boy, it's like we've done this before because... You're, you're taking my next point here where you're talking about that framework mm-hmm. that believe it, own it, live it, duplicate it. Yeah. And, you know, how, how do you think those four principles, how can those help people from just a, a normal walk of life, maybe from your experiences, 
and then help them to achieve that mission beyond just you know generalized you know words and phrases you know believe it own it live it duplicate it how, how can people take that framework and say i'm going to implement this into my mission and i'm going to implement this into my vision to put it into action how, how do you think that can apply to people from an everyday walk of life uh, first of all i do believe that's correct in everything it doesn't matter what you believe your calling is but in the book Nathan, you are one of the people that I use in the book in terms of a good example of, of what you've done, right? You moved from a particular career, and then you kind of pivoted to a very different angle of that career, right? right. But you took your education, your experience, and data, basically, right. right, and moved it over here in a totally different direction, very boldly. Why? It had You had to be bold to do this because there's a lot of controversy around it, oh, yeah. as you know, right? And so you're going at a different angle than you were trained to do, but it moved you there because you believe this is what you're called to do. So in the book, I have about five or six people who really have moved forward with whatever their mission was, but none, not all of them were some huge career. It was just Here's what I believe I was called to do, and I'm going to move this forward. And I'll give you an example. Please do. So Michelle Moore is in my book. And Michelle here in Arizona mm -hmm. has created an incredible nonprofit called yeah. Mother's Grace. Oh, wow. It is so beautiful. Where did it come from? It came from this. Speaking of cancer, she was diagnosed with stage four breast cancer. Mm. At the same time that that occurred, her son was diagnosed with juvenile onset diabetes, and he was passing out. I mean, everything you can imagine that comes with that disease right. was happening at the same time that now she's starting to have to go through all the process of, you know, stage four cancer and what that typically calls for. So chemotherapy, surgeries, several rounds of chemotherapy. All Some the of the biggest life struggles you can huge. deal with. Huge, and your audience will understand this, yeah. obviously. At the conclusion, and she had no mother. Her mother died from heart failure when she was five years old. So she never had anybody around her either to support her. So imagine her circumstances. She couldn't work because she was in the hospital for about a year off and on. All of the chemotherapy, all the radiation, all the treatment. Then her son, and she had to take care of him and help that through. My point is, at the conclusion of that, Michelle said, wow, I need to help other women who are going through similar situations. What can we do? She started this nonprofit, had no clue how to start a nonprofit, had never done it before, but said there's got to be a way to assist women. Today, millions of dollars come in per year to support women in crisis. Hmm. And often it is a medical crisis, right. right? So it's not a chronic thing that they've had for years, but it's all of a sudden, wow, something has hit their family, a death of a child, loss of a job, whatever it could be, cancer, etc., so that their life stops and they need support. And so what they're able to do in this particular uh, nonprofit is they're able to support those people financially. So maybe we need to pay your mortgage. Maybe we need to give you um, money for groceries for the month. Maybe we have to pay for a, a car payment, et cetera, to help just get you over that biggest hump so that you can get back to your normal life. And that's what they do. And they have the, the coolest business model because 
there are no paid employees. Oh, wow. It's all professional volunteers. She has doctors. She has um, accountants, etc. She has attorneys. And they just get together and say, okay, with a very easy way to submit a person's name, like five questions, this person qualifies. How do we want to bless this person? Well, we're going to bless them this month with mortgage payment, car payment, you know, $200 for groceries, whatever it's going to be. And so as the money comes in via one fundraiser a year, where people give and give and give, and that's all they do. And every month they just give money out. A true service industry. True service. I mean, wow. But that's where it came from. You know, that's incredible because, you know, that is a person that really didn't just face like business struggles. Right. And that's what I love because I think this is going to speak to all life. Mm -hmm. You mentioned 80 to 90 percent of people are not following that vision into an active mission. And I, I see this book, again, Bold Mission, I see this as a framework, a stepping stone mm-hmm. to that. What are the biggest obstacles, do you think, in making that transition? And then how do they seek to overcome that when they're facing that, whatever that walk in life is. What do you think that is? And I would say, you know, one that's huge for most people is finances, right? Like, is this going to cost me money? If this is going to cost me money to pursue, how do I get that money? What do I do? I have no idea how to do that. The second is similar but different because it depends on what your whole goal is. But resources. Wow. Like Michelle, I've never started a nonprofit before. I don't have a clue what you do. How do you do this? Right? Social media, how do I use that? I've never used it before. I've never done anything with it. You know, how do I market myself? Um, Time, I have another example in there of Gina, who in her 50s decided to finally pursue her calling of being a counselor. She now has a thriving, thriving business. Um, And what happened there was she had two sets of twins, right? One of those twins, severely disabled, Uh, with cerebral palsy, and she had to make that decision in terms of resources. Whoa, I have to have enough time to be able to go back to school, get a different degree, then I have to do an internship. How am I going to be able to leave my family and go ahead and do this and pursue it? She did. So you've got all kinds of things that will, you know, get in your way. One of the things that I talk about in the book that's very helpful is if you know somebody, and we all do, who has done something similar in the past, is to use them as a resource when you begin whatever your goal is, right? So if it's X, if it's starting a nonprofit, then I'm gonna go probably talk to a couple people who have started a nonprofit to understand what are the obstacles in the way and then what resources will I need and how do I start pursuing this? People. People. It's always people. Yeah. It's always based on networking. I talk about that in the book as well, which is, you know, developing a net around you of people that become your resources to whatever you do in life, not just work or career or business, but in life. Who is my net? And how can I go to them as resources? That's fantastic. And and that's why I wanted you on this, because what we're going to do after this break, after I hit this pause button, I want to touch on those four points. Believe it, own it, live it, duplicate it. 
And I want to, obviously, I'm a doctor, so I want to tie it to people that are listening with cancer of the diseases. And I don't expect you to dive deep, but I want I want to really give them hope to help them go from, obviously, their vision is to heal. Mm-hmm. They, they Patients that come to us or go to any doctor with cancer or diabetes, take your pick, their vision is to be healed. Right. Yet the counter to that, and this is really, this book is really countercultural. It is. Because when they go to doctors with cancer, it's your terminal. And what I always tell them is, you know, tell your doctor last time I checked, they're terminal too. Mm-hmm. We all are. Yeah, it's we all are. <laughs> it is. God can't get away That's from exactly it. That's exactly right. I know there are people and that are And we all tried. die at That's some right. point. That's yep. right. There's going to be people that are going to be tried, but it, right. it's always going to come around. Right. But I want to apply that to them. So right now I'm going to hit the pause button, give our partners a po- of the podcast a moment to say a word about how you can partner with them in your healing journey today. So I want to take a break there and okay. just... You know, I, I don't want to put you on the spot there, but those four points I think are so critical to helping patients, you know, believe it. One, do they think they even can heal? Mm-hmm. And I think that's the biggest struggle because that's where it starts, you know, stage four right. cancer, not possible. Yeah. yeah. It's, but Michelle is her name? Michelle Moore. Okay. That's the perfect yeah. example. You should see her today. Oh. Thriving like yeah. you wouldn't believe. <laughs> she wouldn't be where she yeah. is today if she right. didn't believe it yeah. first. Right. Second is own it. And I love that because everybody looks at, they go to their doctor and they go, I just sit and I receive it. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. like, no, no, no. You it has to be it. active. Right. You you participate yeah. you in move, your healing. You move from passive right. to active. Right. And then live it is, you know, and I love this. How, how many years have, have y'all been married? 40. Okay. Be 41 in April. You know, I, I saw an interview of somebody being married for 65 years and they asked him, how, how long have you been married and how did you get here? Mm-hmm. And they didn't just say, well, we woke up one day and here we were. Mm-hmm. They were committed to it day by day. Right. And then the last is duplicate it. And that's to inspire others right. to do what they've right. just done. Exactly. And so I, I think it's just powerful. So, okay. And so what we've been talking about is components of the books and some of the examples of your journey, but then others that you have included in that book. And I'm humble that you have me there. Um, because c- being called to a, a vision and a mission just seems like something sometimes you do in life. But for people that come to us as patients with cancer specifically, that's a pretty bold mission. And so I wanted to take that vision through the framework that you present in this book to help them to actually obtain that mission. Believe it, own it, live it, and duplicate it. So first, let's talk about believe it, because you have one example of a person in your book that if they didn't believe that they could heal, and you've already touched on her, she would not be at that point right now where she's duplicating yes, it. Definitely. So her name's Michelle, right? That's correct. Yes. So, you know, when you, when you look at cancer and she had stage four breast cancer, yes. yep. and I can tell you when people come to our office and they're diagnosed with stage four cancer. First of all, there's no word that evokes more fear Definitely. than that word. Definitely. And conventional medicine doesn't do a good job of helping to counter that with hope. And so what happens is I think a lot of patients with cancer, they, they can't get even beyond or, or past that first yeah. step. Mm-hmm. Believe it. How did she, did she, in her story, in your book, do you touch on how she overcame just that component? We don't talk specifically about that, but you bring up a very good point, Nathan, that I didn't mention earlier, which is what are some of the things that stall you? Hmm. And probably the number one thing is fear. Oh, yeah. 
So whether it's fear because you have cancer or it's fear because, wow, I can't jump into that. I've never done that before. I, uh, so many other things will happen if I do that, et cetera, et cetera. So fear is a huge one. But believing it means, and in your case, based on the question you're asking me, if I had cancer today, and some of your patients are listening who do, and others may, it's this notion that I believe I can get through this and I can heal this body. Right. Period. And that belief kind of transforms everything else, right? It just kind of coats it over everything else that you're going to go through is that I really believe that I will heal. So your goal in your head is over here, right? You're visualizing the healing. That's what you're looking at. As you believe that you can heal, you're visualizing yourself whole. Yeah, what I what I tell people, I love that whole because the word integrative comes from a Latin word integrationum, which means to make whole. But what I there's a, a story that I tell people that look, there's an entire industry built out of that belief yielding results, mm-hmm. and it's the the field of sports psychology. Mm-hmm. No football player mm-hmm. kicker yeah. is going to go up there, game on the line, <laughs> national exactly. championship on the exactly. line, Super Bowl on the line, fifty right. yard field goal. They're not going to go up there with, ah, I'm not going <laughs> to make this. No, they have every belief that not only are they going to nail that field goal, it's going to be right through the uprights. They're going to celebrate. So I don't think results are possible without that belief. Yeah. And it's so powerful. It's so scientific. It's so evidence-based right. that there's a whole field of research and practical application to it. And yet we don't apply that in cancer. And so what I tell people when they come to us is I take that and I say, look, this applies to you. You believe it. That is going to be the first step to you achieving it. Absolutely. And actually, Nathan, I have another person in the book who I bring up for different reasons, but she did exactly that. This just happened about a year ago, a year and a half ago. Carol is another person in my book for, again, a different reason. But she uh, went to the doctor, and they believed that she had... um, uterine cancer mm-hmm. and th- he believed that it had spread everywhere that was he's a well-known oncologist and uh, a surgeon and so he said i'm sorry but we're going to have to open you up and you need to know that you're going to be on chemotherapy you'll be on radiation etc because everything is leading me to believe as i've done blood work etc all the tests that are required i guess that that's the stage that you, where you are they went and hurt to getting to this point of believing Carol is a believer, mm-hmm. and she said, no, I'm not going to believe that. On her way into surgery, she was singing hymns. She was singing beautiful songs, and she said, I am claiming, I am believing that I am healed, and I'm going to be healed from this. The doctor, who's a well-known oncologist, went in there, took every single thing out that he thought he should, right? Yeah, Sent it over <laughs> to Pathology. Yeah. Been there, done that. And it all came back, no cancer. No cancer. When he was positive, there was cancer all over. And it had metastasized to different organs. And so my point is, that's how powerful that I think believing can be in your healing. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's really great because when when you look at 
that concept. What you're looking at is somebody who fear definitely came on them. Okay, we can't deny oh, that. Definitely, okay, definitely. But somebody we know, our pastor, yeah. <laughs> says, "Don't let fear come in and control you, right. and instead turn to hope." Yeah. And so she was turning to hope. She was countering that fear that dominates right. cancer. And, and again, it we've does. all and I've been there. You know, yep. when when you're sitting on that other side of the desk and somebody yep. tells you you have a tumor, you have yep. cancer. It's unless you've been there, yeah. it's hard to understand the thoughts, the emotions that that yeah. that hits you and fear absolutely paralyzes you. Yeah. But then what she did is she's transitioned from that belief to really owning it. Mm-hmm. She embodied it. Yep. And so when people look at cancer, they look at it and the way conventional medicine approaches it today, it's a passive process. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I lay back and I just receive it. Yeah. But that never is the case. Yeah. She she owned it, but the way she owned it is through her faith, through her prayers, through her singing. But it a- applies again to yes. all life. Right. It is action based, right. is it not? Action based completely, because that's that's really what own it means, right? I'm owning it, meaning I'm taking action about X, whatever that is. And in as it relates, Nathan, to those with cancer or any disease or illness, it's to your point, it's as a patient, I'm owning where I am and I'm owning what's going to happen to me moving forward. Yeah, because it's accepting it. Because a lot of times what will happen when you're faced with a big stressful moment, like the word cancer, people will deny it. Yeah. And I think when they deny, you talk about, we've talked about obstacles to achieving that mission, is denying what is in front of you. And so I think that is, you have to move past that and say, no, no, this is the case, and I am going to move beyond it. Now, right. she didn't quite get to that point because she actually diverted the path. She yeah. took a hard right turn and said, yeah, nope, <laughs> not even going there. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, owning it, right? moving it from a belief to actually points of action. Exactly. And the way she did that is not necessarily building something, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not just say, well, I'm going to you know, own my transition from school teacher to business owner and building something. Sometimes it's different steps. It is of action. along the way. That's right. right. But it's it's being to your point. It's being not passive. Oh, right. Good point. So so it gets back to that. I'm actively engaged in whatever that is, my healing, whatever. I'm going to be part of it. I'm going to be actively engaged and not passive and allowing others to do things to me. But I'm going to be actively engaged in that. And I think that's and a work key, through the fear. Yeah. And I, th- I think that tying that together that, yeah. there, I think, is beautiful because fear creates paralyzation, which creates passivity. Yeah. And transitioning that to hope. So removing the fear, it's going to fall on you, but let it let it fall off mm-hmm. of you. And then through that hope, that's only where that can become active. Right. So then you have to live it. Yes. And so when you look at Michelle, your first example, when I just think of my journey, which is honestly still an ongoing journey, all of these examples, your journey is still Still ongoing. ongoing. Very much so. Um, I know young, you know, we're, we're, we're all young. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) We say we are. (laughs) That's that's true. Young in spirit. (laughs) Young in spirit. Young Uh in number, maybe depends on how you define it. Exactly. But so our life is still living. And in that there's going to be continued obstacles or as you talk about struggles Mm -hmm. and you know it reminds me as I mentioned before when we took the break that you know you've been married 40 years I've been married 31 and I I think that's correct sorry my bride I think that's (laughs) Tammy I keep saying that's right I keep saying 32 years but she keeps correcting me it's 31 (laughs) 
but uh, I'm just so excited to get to the next show. That's with right. Her. That's there, what there it you is. go. There you exactly. go. Exactly. So that, and they were interviewing this couple that had been married for 65 years, and they asked each one of them independently, "How did you achieve this?" And each one independently, yet in their own words, were saying, "Look, we awoke every day and committed right. to this relationship, yeah. mm-hmm. but more so." They, they said the obvious, we had good days and we had bad days. Mm-hmm. We had good weeks and we had bad weeks, good yeah. years and bad yeah. years, yet we stayed committed. And I think that applies absolutely to people. Totally. And again, not just cancer, obviously that's what I do on a day-to-day basis, but hypertension, Parkinson's, you know, diabetes, mm-hmm. overweight, or just living healthy yeah. right. is that there are going to be good days. There are going to be some really lousy days. But if you stay committed to living it and recognizing there's going to be ups and downs, that is the only way that you're going to be able to break through that, that belief, that faith and move it to action that eventually is going to allow you to achieve success and then to help inspire others. Exactly. And that's, again, that's what Michelle is doing now. So she's inspiring other people and giving them hope to go through whatever has to go, they have to go through. Um, and she's done a beautiful job of, of doing that. But it makes me think again, Nathan, of this whole living piece as if you visualize healing out here, right? And to your point, you know, they're, you're going to go there, but you're going to go like this. You're not, there's never a straight line. You're going to have obstacles along the way, good, bad, ugly, horrible, wonderful, right? But if, if that is your vision... That's what you're aiming toward, knowing that you will get there more like this than a straight line. But that's the living it part. Yeah. And that's I think that's the reality of it. Part. It is. And mm-hmm. with when you are presented with those struggles, there's really two ways that you can handle that. Yeah. Fear mm-hmm. or, hope. or hope. And I've seen people in those struggle moments mm-hmm. in treating cancer from a natural, holistic and integrated perspective that handle it with hope and those that handle it with fear Mm -hmm. and the outcomes are dramatically different yeah i i've come to believe that over the years that healing founded in hope these principles that i think are just incredibly timely is not truly possible without that hope and belief that it's going to happen and when fear dominates healing Never. Can't happen. It, it doesn't. It, it's it's not possible. Right. And in fact, what I tell patients when they come into my office for their first appointment, within the first five to ten minutes, I have a pretty good idea because of that hope right. versus fear, mm-hmm. not just how their healing will end up, but their potential. Right. Because somebody goes, oh, no, I'm going to be healed. Like, All right. Good. Or, no, I'm not so sure. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so. It's that perspective, it's that embodiment of it, it's that living it that I think is so critical that takes you to the next step, which is the last one, but I think probably the most impactful, Mm -hmm. which is duplicate it. And I wanted to tell a story. So Beverly, if you're listening, she's a dear patient of mine and I have many others, Eric and all kinds, Julie, you know, you know yourself, Deepthi, Swathi, I love all y'all. These are patients that are just doing amazingly well. But this one particular patient, recurrent stage four breast cancer came to me and I remember sitting there with her husband and they live in Texas and uh, she said, why me? Why me? 
And I said, well, I'm sure that, and I didn't know your book at the time because it was several years ago. I said, I'm sure there's a purpose. But now it's her bold mission. So this concept, she she believed it initially. There were struggles. Yeah. There were struggles. Like, and, and this is an interesting point, too. Her husband, I think, initially believed it more than she did. Mm. But that relationship helped to turn her from one that maybe had doubts to believing it. Then she absolutely owned it, is living it. And now she is that duplication point that is inspiring others. Mm-hmm. And that's so. So if you're out there with cancer and you're in that moment, understand you are inspiration. You're inspiration to me, but you're inspiration to others where that back to that fear and hope. Mm-hmm. They can't coexist. Oh, no, not at all. Right. So and I think, Nathan, in all of our lives, it's a choice we make. And I have this conversation with a lot of people. Um, and it's about the choice you're making. Are you going to live by fear or are you going to live by hope? And that applies to everything from cancer and illness to life itself, right? Because we all face horrible situations in our lives, catastrophes, tragedies, etc. But how do we get through them? Well, we choose. Am I going to get through this with hope or am I going to get through this with fear? And I think that's just a choice that we all make every day. So choose hope. Choose and, hope. And hope meaning a confidence and expectation mm-hmm. for a future. Right. And and you know this better than I, but I've been through several different um, conferences where they talk about the brain science, right? Right. And, and the effect that the brain has on healing, right? Your mindset, in essence. And what literally happens in the brain when you have hope and when you have fear. If you live by one or the other, there is a direct correlation in terms of the result. Right. So, you know, it's it's scientifically based, but it's also heart based, you know, Absolutely. emotionally based. Um, but if that hope is out there that, you know, you're going to get through this, that basically to your point about being potential for healing is, is already there, yeah. which is wonderful. Yeah. Well, I think that's a great place to wrap this podcast. Deborah, it's, it's a true honor to bring you on the show, the podcast, because I think this um I think this book, Bold Mission, Courageously Pursue Your Calling. First of all, I love just everything about it. And I I know it's going to be tremendously successful because I think it's going to speak to every person out there that is in desperate need of encouragement Mm -hmm. to not just, you know, cast their vision, but believe it, own it, live it, and then help others achieve theirs. And I think it's going to empower a movement of true leaders that I think are going to change, not just our country, our local state, our country, but I think can actually impact the world. So I think you're going to build a legacy through this book. And you talk about that. You're going to build a legacy. So I'm super excited to see how this book helps our listeners build their legacy so that then they can help others build theirs. So I encourage you to please share this podcast with anyone and everyone you know affected by cancer or any disease or in that wellness journey in life to help restore healing and maximize their wellness potential. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Google, iHeartRadio, or wherever you download your podcast. And of course, you can always find me on my website, www.drgoodyear.com. There's always hope when there are teachers that heal to your health and wellness. And until next time, I'm Dr. Goodyear, and this is the Practicing with Dr. Nathan Goodyear podcast. Thanks for listening. 
For more information, just like what we discussed today, I encourage you to follow us on YouTube as well as all of your favorite audio streaming platforms. And in there, we'll talk about all things related to healing, wellness, cancer, and much, much beyond because it doesn't just apply to cancer. Our goal here is to turn to healing, restore health, and promote your wellness. Whether that greatest obstacle to wellness being cancer or any other named disease, our goal is your wellness. I'm Dr. Nathan Goodyear, and enjoy our future podcast at Practicing with Dr. Goodyear.